0: This parable is known as um, the parable or the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector. In this chapter, before we reach this part of it, Jesus had just given a story, a parable, regarding a widow who went to a judge with a plea. She kept going back and wouldn't give up with her problem until the judge, who did not care what Jesus thought, Even less of what people thought. But he answered her plea. In this particular parable, Jesus uses it as persistent prayer, how we can have persistent faith with God in prayer, even if we do not know what the answer will be or if the answer is even coming. And then we moved into the Pharisee and the tax collector. Jesus is giving us another story, another parable, and how each one is to approach God in prayer in a different manner. So let's look at the Pharisee first. During that time in Jewish history, the Pharisee was held in high esteem. They were deeply religious well-versed in the Torah and Jewish law and were committed to upright behavior and religious tradition. They were highly respected by the general public as very good men. They cared deeply about spiritual matters, and it is even said that they represented the pinnacle of Judaism. That's pretty high, very high standards. We already know in looking at the scripture that the Pharisees were always following Jesus. They were always following him to see if he was abiding abiding by their laws and speaking within the law. They questioned him regarding everything. On the other hand, the tax collector represented someone who was just the opposite of the Pharisee. He was considered a traitor to the Jews, classed with the robbers by the righteous and shunned by the respectable. Why was this? Well, tax collectors worked for the Romans, the oppressors, the conquerors who ruled Palestine and most of the known world. And the majority had a reputation for dishonesty and corruption. But in this parable, in this story, Jesus says, this man, the tax collector, went home justified before God. How could this be? The tax collector went home justified and sent, instead of the deeply religious and committed religious traditional Pharisee? How could this be? I believe it was a matter of the heart, how each person approached God from the heart. The Pharisee went to the temple to pray, as was the custom, and stood up to pray in confidence and said, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves and rogues, adulterers, or even like that tax collector over there. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all of my income, not just a portion, but everything. So did the Pharisee go to God with a grateful heart? Did the Pharisee go to God with humility? Was he thanking God for what he had been allowed to have and to pray for those less fortunate? Or did he approach God thinking only of himself and how important he was? Was he more eye-focused than God-focused? Now the tax collector also went to the temple to pray. It was the custom. But when he stood up to pray, the text says he went for a di- to a distance, a far off spot. He beat his breasts. He wouldn't even look up. He beat his breasts and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. His approach to God was completely different. The description is one of grief or sorrow of a broken spirit, of a brokenness within the heart, of humility and repentance that could only be articulated with his cry, God have mercy upon me, a sinner. Whatever the tax collector went to God regarding, he did so with humility, with a repentant heart, asking for forgiveness and mercy. His cry from his heart was, O oh God, be merciful to me, the sinner. Jesus responds to these two examples. Jesus said, this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. So how do we go before God with a repentant heart? What is it that's so special about one and not the other? I believe we are to go before God as followers of Jesus Christ, through the work of the Holy Spirit, to go with a repentant heart, trusting in the God who loves us more than we can understand. We live in a fallen, imperfect world. And all of us need work, for none of us have arrived. None of us are perfect. And all of us are pretty much broken up inside. There is always something within the human heart that needs confession, cleansing, and healing before God. To approach God with humility and trust. To trust the God who loves us the God who sent Jesus Christ as our example of who we are to be in this world and live according to God's word with the Holy Spirit as our God. To love God with all of our heart and mind and soul and to love our neighbor as ourselves. That's not a very easy thing to do in today's world, is it? with all of the confusion going on. We see so much in the news. We read so many things in the newspaper. How can we love someone that's so different from who we are? How can we love someone who's so different from who we are? But still, we are called To approach God with humility. Some time ago, I came across a little book called 100 Things God Can't Do by Maisie Sparks. I was really perplexed when I saw this book. I said, what do you mean? 100 Things God Can't Do? I found out later, recently, as a matter of fact, that she's written another book, and this one is entitled 151 Things God Can't Do. (laughs) So I ordered it. (laughs) I want to see what the additional pieces are. So I want to share with you just a little bit of what God cannot do. God can't love you more. In John 15, 12, 13... Jesus is speaking when he says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Number two, God can't forsake his own. In Psalm ninety-four fourteen, for the Lord will not reject his people. He will never forsake his inheritance. Number three, God can't allow anything to separate us from his love. In Romans 8, 38, 39, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, not any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Number four, God can't stop loving you. Jeremiah 31.3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. Number five, God can't love you less. Luke fifteen, twenty one to 22. And the son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robes and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. All of these things. And this is just a snippet of what God can't do. But we have to do our part. We are to go to God with a contrite, a remorseful, and repentant heart, like the tax collector. The text does not say what happened in the life of the tax collector before or after it only says what Jesus said and Jesus said this man rather than the other went home justified before God in right relationship and that's really what it's all about right relationship this is what all of us need today in this time regardless of what our situation might be. Whether we have a Pharisee heart or a tax collector heart because we all carry something within us. So what is needed as followers of Christ? We are to go to God with a contrite, remorseful, and repentant heart. Trusting in God's love and mercy just as the early believers did. Learning to love God with all of our heart and mind. And loving our neighbor. Again, loving our neighbor as ourselves. That takes work if you don't love yourself. But again, loving our neighbor as ourselves. Working for justice, healing, and peace and for the kingdom of heaven to continue to enter into this world, in this time, in this space. It takes prayer and work to bring change. Let us pray. Oh, beloved, how gracious you are to your people. You restore our souls time and time again. You forgive our iniquity when we wander far from you. You give us new life. You bless us and you raise up new hope. You awaken our hearts to love. Restore to us, O spirit of truth. Burn us with the refining fire of love. And have compassion, have compassion on your people. Amen.